0: Florida Hospital extends its healing mission beyond its hospital doors as it presents this vital information to you. Health Chants by
1: Florida Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Pain in the legs can occur as a result of a myriad of conditions. However, conditions such as venous insufficiency or peripheral artery disease may be the problem. My guest today is Dr. Ketul Chauhan. He's an interventional cardiologist with Florida Hospital. Welcome to the show. Dr. Chauhan, tell us a little bit about some of the physiology involving the arteries and veins in the lower limbs and how they sometimes get blocked up and we have these issues.
0: Well, thank you for having me on the show. You know, the arteries of the legs are no different than arteries of the rest of the body. They are prone to just as much atherosclerosis and plaque buildup, just all the other arteries, because the pathophysiology is almost always the same. It's cholesterol and all the stress in the body related. Uh, over time, actually, the leg blockages are more likely to happen than the blockages in the other places, like the heart of the brain. So it's quite prevalent.
1: Okay, and what would somebody experience? What red flags, if we hear the words claudication, pain in the legs, but people can get pain in the legs just for musculoskeletal issues. So, what are some red flags that would signal there are some real issues going on here?
0: Absolutely. The biggest thing is, you know, the decreased blood flow is mostly to the muscles. So, people start having cramps when they walk, which is one of the most cardinal signs. Of having blockages in the legs, so when people experience when they're walking, they experience pain or calf muscles or buttock pain, that's a pretty good sign of having claudication. Uh, but if people are undiagnosed and they don't walk much, that can the, the peripheral vascular disease get advanced. People start seeing color changes in their legs, uh, start seeing uh, loss of hair and other signs like those.
1: Okay, so then they go see a cardiologist, someone such as yourself. And what tests do you use to diagnose that they do have some vascular or arterial issues?
0: As first, it's just pure examination by looking at it. A lot of times, you can tell, and just feeling a pulse in your legs. But beyond that, people, uh, we what we do in our office is a sonogram of the leg, and that is a pretty good sensitive sign if there's decreased blood flow in the legs.
1: And and that shows you whether somebody has some blockages or what, and then what would be the first line of defense? Do you use medication, interventions? What do you do for somebody if they've got some of these issues?
0: It uh, depends on two things. One, how affected they are with these blockages. Just because they have blockages doesn't mean that it always has to be fixed. A lot of times we can get away with just exercise. If people, first line is always exercise. If you walk past the pain, you force the legs to make collaterals around the blockages. But it's a more of a supervised exercise, something we prescribed. But if that does not work, the next best line is that we physically do an angiogram of the legs, see where the blockages are. A lot of times we can fix them with stents nowadays.
1: So, Doctor Chauhan, if somebody—if you tell them to exercise, but then pain limits their amount of exercise, does that limit the effects that it can have for them? What if they have trouble exercising because of the pain? Uh,
0: You—it's that's why we had to prescribe them. We, you know what we tell them is that to exercise beyond the pain for about fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, and over time, you'll be amazed how much exercise capacity is improved. Uh, that exercise worked better than any medicine for most part.
1: So then, how if somebody does have to have a stenting procedure or an angioplasty, you go in? Is this is this more permanent, or is it something that maybe will come back and you might have to redo the procedure?
0: Uh, that depends on two factors. One, we have to change the first. The risk factors that led them to having blockages, ha- those have to be addressed. If patients smoke, they have to stop. Their diabetes has to be controlled. Their blood pressure is in control. If you control the risk factors, the probability of having re is quite small. The second aspect is the stents themselves have a certain amount of patency to it, not just because you stent them every time. They stay open forever. There's about 85% patency over three years. So there's a 10 to 15% chance that the blockages may come back again just because of the nature of the stents.
1: Okay so if somebody then has the situation and we have not discussed yet doctor risk factors so are there certain things that predispose somebody to peripheral artery disease or venous insufficiency
0: So uh, peripheral vascular disease is number 1 2 and 3 reasons is smoking 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 those are the three uh, those are the most common reason you know and that's what we see the majority of the time people have peripheral vascular disease from
1: is there a genetic component at all? If, if your parents had it,
0: uh, no, there is not a genetic component to this. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the second most is because we have atherosclerosis, which is a plaque buildup. But the plaque buildup is related to your cholesterol and your and your lifestyle habits. So, a combination of smoking and lifestyle habit is what really pre- uh, predominantly drives uh, uh, PAD.
1: So then when you speak about lifestyle habits, does diet fit into this at all? We hear about plaques and cholesterol and all these sorts of things, fish oil, omega-3s. Do any of these figure in to peripheral artery disease at all?
0: Yes, ma'am. Uh, absolutely. It is a multifactorial approach. Then, we, When we start talking about risk factors, you have to address blood pressure. You have to address hyperlipidemia, cholesterol. When you're addressing cholesterol, obviously it depends on what kind of cholesterol issues they have. They have high triglyceride, and obviously they have different uh, treatments for it. If there are uh, LDL issues, then statins come into play. So all these modalities is a multifactorial approach.
1: Now, what about things that they can try at home if they do have some issues with their legs or with arterial problems? Like, do you recommend compression stockings? Are people supposed to keep their legs up if they notice some edema, some swelling?
0: So now we're delving into more venous issues. The PAD is what we talked about so far. The venous issues is a whole different story where you have a bad drainage of the legs. The blood flows to the legs, but the blood doesn't come back. And those are because of venous disease. And people who, they start out with having big varicose veins initially, and then that leads to more discolored blackening of the skin and then skin breakdown and a lot of edema and so forth. So that's one where venous issues come into. The venous issues present themselves with edema as well, and those are treated differently.
1: Does that tend to get worse over time, or does it pretty much stay the same?
0: Venous insufficiency is definitely progressive, you know, and it is heavily dependent on what happens pathophysiology-wise. The veins of the legs, they have valves in them. Because we are human beings, we stand all the time. The blood that comes back from the leg depends on valves to bring the blood back against the gravity if those valves in the veins go bad, the blood keeps pooling in the leg. And so the idea is to get rid of the bad veins, all the blood gets channeled to the proper veins. So they're treated most of the time something called ablation, where we put a laser inside the bad veins, which is a big highway right underneath the skin. You get rid of the bad veins, all the blood gets back through the proper channels and the legs get better.
1: Can you get rid of the bad veins? Don't we need our veins?
0: We, there's two types of veins in the body. Uh, the veins which are inside the muscle, which are the most important veins. There are a whole bunch of channels there, and there are veins underneath the skin in the legs, and those are not the most important veins. Those are, if they are bad veins, they're not used for anything anyway. If they're good veins, then sometimes we harvest them for bypass, but if they've gone bad, they're little used regardless.
1: So when you get rid of them and you do this ablation, is it still in there? Or you actually physically take this vein out, or does it just sort of disintegrate within the leg?
0: Correct. In the old days, to get rid of the bad veins, they used to do stripping. You know, it used to be more procedure, surgical issues. Now we can do this in more office-based procedure, where we put the laser inside the veins, and the vein is literally is closed with this laser by a small RF frequency ablation. And they, over time, once that is closed, the body absorbs this closed vein.
1: That's absolutely fascinating. In just the last few minutes, Dr. Chauhan, give us your best advice for people that might be suffering from peripheral arterial disease or peripheral vascular disease, and what you would tell them is the best bit of advice and why they should come to Florida Hospital for their care.
0: Well, Florida Hospital... It's a stated, it's really truly at the cutting edge of medicine. So uh, that is given. The second best advice I can give the patient is that be vigilant about their symptoms. You know, look at your legs, see what bothers them. And most of the times, patients are pretty aware if they live a bad lifestyle. So if you have a bad lifestyle and you have risk factors, and if you start seeing, experiencing things in your legs, it's better to get it checked out than not because the bigger implication here, what we're missing, is that if you do have a PAD, the PAD does not kill people. But that implies that you're a very severe risk for having heart disease, and that's what hurts people. So it's better to get it more vigilant and get it checked out so we can get you in the right track.
1: Thank you so much, Doctor. It's great information. You're listening to Health Chats by Florida Hospital. And for more information, you can go to floridaheartexperts.org. That's floridaheartexperts.org.